Hey, history lovers, I'm Mike Rosenwald with Retropod, a show about the past rediscovered. In the spring of 1917, Jeanette Rankin, the first woman elected to Congress and to any legislature in the world, was under enormous pressure. On her very first day in office, President Woodrow Wilson asked Congress to declare war against Germany. And the 36-year-old Republican from Montana faced an agonizing choice. Should she, or should she not, vote for the United States to enter World War I? The choice was hard for two reasons. First, Rankin personally took a dim view of war and of the military, in part because she thought women could bring a better sensibility to politics and to international relations. She wasn't an isolationist, neither were the many women who held this position. She thought America could do good in the world. She didn't think sending the Marines was the best way to go about it. And second, at a time when women in most states couldn't vote, Rankin also knew she had a duty to the cause of expanding voting rights. In fact, the head of the most important suffragette organization told Rankin in no uncertain terms that she must support Wilson if he took the country to war. Suffragettes had to appear patriotic. To oppose Wilson would be to sabotage the suffragette cause that Rankin had worked so hard to be the elected voice for. So there was her dilemma. One way or another, Rankin's vote would be seen as a vote on behalf of all women and set a precedent for those who would follow her. The Senate passed a resolution for war on April 4th. The House took up the measure the next day. Rankin stayed at her new apartment late into the afternoon, agonizing over the vote. Alice Paul, head of the National Women's Party sat with her. She told Rankin she had an obligation as the first woman in Congress to give voice to her woman's conscience. It would be a tragedy, Paul said, to vote for war. Rankin finally appeared at the Capitol in the evening. The debate was dragging on. At 3 a.m. on April 6, the roll was finally called. The New York Times reported, in rather stereotypical language, quote, Miss Rankin was evidently under great mental distress. Her appearance was that of a woman on the verge of a breakdown. The clerk called her name. She remained silent. He moved on. Representative Joseph Cannon, the former Republican House Speaker, came up to her and told her to vote as her conscience dictated. He said, you represent the womanhood of the country. The clerk went through the roll again. He called her name twice, Miss Rankin. Rankin stood and clasped the back of the seat in front of her. She said, I want to stand by my country, but I cannot vote for war. Does that mean no? The clerk asked. Rankin nodded and sat back down. Rankin was one of 50 members who voted against the war, but hers was the vote everyone remembered. It ruined her chances of re-election in 1918. But she worked for peace throughout the 1920s and 1930s and eventually won a second term to Congress in the 1940s, 
On December 8, 1941, the day after Japan attacked Pearl Harbor, she was again in Congress, and she became the only member of either chamber to vote against war. Rankin later said she didn't regret either vote. In fact, Rankin never stopped fighting against war. In 1968, she led a woman's march on Washington to protest Vietnam. Her followers called themselves the Jeanette Rankin Brigade. She didn't care for the name. She thought it was too militaristic. I'm Mike Rosenwald. Thanks for listening. And thanks to Will England, who reported this story for The Washington Post. For more great stories from history, visit WashingtonPost.com slash Retropod.